Hello, and thank you for joining me for this fifth and final episode of Utopia Dystopia, where we will be concluding our discussion about censorship. Censorship has certainly become a hot topic these days, especially after former President Trump's Twitter account was permanently suspended. This has raised a lot of questions in people's minds. Is censorship good? Bad? We started our discussion about censorship by talking about those times when parents have said no to us watching certain movies. We talked about how sometimes that doesn't just affect the parent's child, but may also affect those around them, like their friends. This is when censorship becomes more than family rules. Sometimes, censorship even becomes institutionalized. Like what if a parent objects to a book being read at school? What if they write the school board about their opinion and the school board removes the book from their district's curriculum? That's when we begin to seriously consider if censorship is okay. At the end of this episode, I will explain my conclusion to how I feel about censorship. But first, I am going to review what we talked about already in the previous episodes, evaluating the pros and cons of censorship in its different forms. To begin, let's talk about the reasons why censorship shouldn't be allowed. In the second episode, we broadly discussed book banning. One of my main arguments against censorship of books was that children would be prevented from reading books that would help them to have intelligent conversations about important issues. I never referenced a source very directly in that second episode, but one article that helped me to form that opinion was by a high school student like myself. This student, Thomas Ullman, said that, quote, it is unreasonable to hold the heinous beliefs of ancient figures to modern ethical standards. Instead of ignoring their thoughts as a whole, we should understand their faults and teach them to our youth so they understand why our society deems them to be unacceptable, end quote. In other words, controversial and even wrong books can still teach important lessons. For example, when we discussed To Kill a Mockingbird, I said that people should read the book all the more since it confronts difficult topics. One of the main sources that caused me to come to that conviction was an article from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Quote, instead of using books like Mockingbird to explain to children how racism works, we pretend they haven't experienced it in one way or another. Instead of admitting prejudice exists and confronting it, we find excuses to change the subject. Harper Lee's banned book doesn't let us do that, which is why more people should read it. End quote. With episode 4, I went down a little bit of a different path in my discussion about censorship. I ended my discussion about book banning and talked about censorship in social media, specifically when it comes to pro-life content. I referenced Lila Rose in her organization Live Action, explaining how her pro-life TikTok video was censored. Lila Rose wrote a very informative article featured in The Federalist. Her key argument against the censorship of social media was that social media is America's town square. She said, quote, we go there for news, information, and public debate. Blocking social media critics is viewpoint discrimination that violates the First Amendment, end quote. All in all, these three sources helped me to formulate the belief that censorship is wrong because it restricts access to information, often hiding the truth from the public. I firmly come to the conclusion now that censorship is not acceptable. 
But, for the sake of giving the other side a fair chance to speak, and to explain my opinion better, we will also review the other side's arguments. When I was researching book censorship, a helpful resource for me was a webpage about book banning from botanicasprocon.org. One of the main pros was that, quote, parents have the right to decide what material their children are exposed to and when, end quote. While a valid argument, parents can still make this decision even without censorship, but I will discuss that later. When it came to the pros of censoring To Kill a Mockingbird, the main source I found, which was an article from NBC News, had a lot to say about that. What are some examples? 1. Calpurnia is a stereotype of black women, merely placed into the story as a set piece. 2. The fact that Tom Robinson did not get a fair trial may cause black students who are reading the book to believe that they won't get a fair trial either if they ever have to go to court. 3. The issue of rape in the story and the question of whether or not these women's testimonies should, believe, should be believed may have devastating effects on young girls who may wonder whether their real stories of abuse will be believed. These are for sure solid arguments that need to be taken into account whenever this book is discussed in a classroom or other setting. But do they justify censorship of this book? I think not. One of the main reasons why censorship of pro-life content in the social media was justified is that, quote, medical misinformation harms patients, end quote. As we have observed from these three sources, the crux of the argument for censorship is that information can be harmful. This is understandable, and I'd be the last to say that we should recklessly consume every bit of media and information without heeding the consequences, without questioning whether or not it's appropriate. Yet, as I said earlier, I think censorship is wrong. But wait, you may be wondering, how can you believe both of those things at the same time? have come to the conclusion that censorship should never be institutionalized, meaning the government, the school district, the social media page, or any other institution has no right to keep information from people. But I do believe that self-censorship is a very reasonable form of censorship. Tom's mother said that the only valid censorship of ideas is the right of people not to listen. We can choose whether or not we will listen to explicit songs or watch R-rated movies or read questionable books. When it comes to children under 18, that role of self-censorship can be passed on to their parents. I believe that movies should still be rated by what's suitable for what audience. So keep the PG-13 rating. That's not prohibiting people from watching a movie. I believe that songs should still have explicit labels to warn parents of extremely inappropriate content. I believe that English teachers can require their students to turn in parent consent forms before they can read certain books, like To Kill a Mockingbird, if they are books parents might object to. But never, never should an institution control what a person can and cannot read, watch, or hear. That goes against the First Amendment and should be called tyranny.
Before researching for this podcast series, I knew very little about censorship, except what directly affected me. After hearing about Trump's Twitter account being suspended, I became more interested in what censorship really is. But I still didn't have a clear opinion on whether or not censorship was correct. There were times that I would get frustrated with censorship, and other times I would get frustrated with the lack of it. I'm still a little fuzzy in how I feel, I must admit, but after doing a lot of research, I have more clarity about the subject. I have come to the conclusion that nothing should be censored. In a country that claims to support freedom of speech, censoring things just because they make people feel uncomfortable defies our country's greatest values. But I also believe that people have a right to decide what media they want to consume, and nobody should be forced to read or watch or listen to something that goes against their conscience. Therefore, institutions do not censor anything. However, they can provide resources for people that helps them discern what media they should and shouldn't consume. The title of this podcast is Utopia Dystopia, and I don't want to end this last episode without explaining why I chose that name. Author Lois Lowry said that, quote, submitting to censorship is to enter the seductive world of the giver, the world where there are no bad words and no bad deeds, but it is also the world where choice has been taken away and reality distorted, and that is the most dangerous world of all, end quote. Censorship pretends to create a utopia, when in actuality, it creates a dystopia. Thank you for tuning in to hear my opinion on censorship. I hope that this gave you some further insight about a topic you may have been curious about. But don't let your curiosity end with my podcast. Continue researching, discussing, questioning, and forming an opinion of your own.